Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, brother. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's the end of another long work week. Yep. Boy, we have plugged along this week. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> uh, so we're here for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, as usual. Yep. And today we are going to do a, a cornucopia, I like to call it. Potpourri, if you will. Some people call it a potpourri, a grab bag. I prefer cornucopia. Okay. You know, like a harvest horn. Right. It's, that was the the imagery I received Good. when you said that. Yeah, the big harvest horn with all the yeah the fruit, the and nuts, and the bounty spilling ham. forth. Like a big See, ham. I don't think of any of that. I think of, of pumpkins and gourds. Right. And who wants pumpkins and gourds? I don't know. Pilgrims? Oh I my, don't know. Oh, my gourd. <laughs> <laughs> like that one? It's all, it's all good, Ray. Ah. That's one of my cheesy jokes. <laughs> so, this is not what this whole episode will be. What so could it, be? Uh, could just be us telling cheesy jokes. Yeah, I just want to hopefully let people know that if they're going, oh, my God, if this is all they're going to do the whole time, I'm... All right, I'll catch you next one. Hey, Ray, you know the difference in a tuna and a piano? <laughs> you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Nice. You got it. How'd that feel? Uh, it's Friday, man. You, I'm you, uh, jacked up. I'm. Uh, you tried just giving the punchline the first time you told that yeah. a few episodes ago, and then you kind of messed up the listeners end. know. You, you don't can, have to go back and tell them. You, uh, you, you know, for those who may be just starting with this episode. I had some juice today. I'm giving them the history. Yeah, juice. Yeah, I had uh, some workout juice. Oh, you had your go-go juice. And then uh, then I found my dumbbell in the closet. I, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> Man. It's a, the laughs keep on coming. It's a 25-pound dumbbell. I did a few curls this morning. It's your few, gym. A few uh, fly lifts. Right. You almost hurt yourself. Uh, yeah. th- that's your uh, your gym here. You have your own gym. You got a dumbbell. And then yeah. you got that thing you flip upside down on. Oh, man, an inversion table. Now, that thing is crazy. Right. It's hard for me to get totally inverted. It's just a little too weird for me so far. You're not, you know, you're not the biggest invert. <laughs> okay. Ed. Yeah, I'm not. A, I don't like to be inverted. Yeah. Something about uh, being a heavy guy. I don't like to be upside down. And, and you know, the whole point of it is to loosen your back. Right. You know, you just relax and let it all stretch out. You have a hard time relaxing. Yeah. So I'm like all flexed up, like holding, like I'm upside down. Uh, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> all that weight shifting in ways it's not really the way God intended with gravity. My muscular pecs are hitting me in the face, right? right. <laughs> no. All right. Um, Anyway, so, so do you want to start? We're going to do a grab bag here. And, we are. Uh, we have a couple I, of things. I asked that you have a couple of things, and I have a couple of things. Yep. So you want to go, or would you like me to? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, mine, uh, the first one will be very quick. I just noticed this right before we started recording, and it's Jonathan Dawson, a, a sales trainer. Anyway, he says, I got this personal message. This is uh, via LinkedIn. He says, I got this personal message. What advice would you give to the person asking you the question? Okay. And so he gets this PM that says, quick question. Do you believe it's okay to call your salesperson a cuss word or to tell them to get the F out of the showroom while you're on the showroom floor? 
Uh, we've got a first-time desk manager. He's mean and will not listen to people. Made a wonderful saleswoman uh, cry four times this week. And so he, you know, this guy's asking, is that normal? Right. And, and you think he really is looking for an answer to that question, or do you think he's just wanting somebody to verify what he already knows? I mean, you, come on, really? You, you got to ask that question? It's almost, it's almost like a, a mutual friend of ours. Well, you need to get that right. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's almost like a mutual friend of ours would uh, be in a meeting and say, now, uh, do you think that the customers want us to say something and then fulfill what we say we're going to do and then provide them with good quality service? Or do you think they prefer that we lie to them? Right. And cheat them. Yeah. Wh and, which one? And give them a horrible experience. I mean, I really want to know. I'm not sure which way you're going to go on this. So I just want so for feedback. Yeah. Right. He give one that's the obvious right answer to the extreme, and then the other, which is the yeah. you know actually this. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if our listeners have people like this in their lives and their work lives. So, are you suggesting that this uh, the person asking the question? Now, what did you say his role is? Uh, it does not a say. GM? No, it doesn't say. Oh, it's. I thought he said I had a. a no, it says this guy, the guy he's speaking of, is a first-time desk manager. And is it okay to cuss out people on the sales floor? But know what the role is of the person who's asking the question. No. Is he one of the salespeople? Is he his GM? Or Yeah, no. Nothing. But I mean, okay. obviously, no. This right. is never okay. Right. Does it happen? I've seen it happen a few times. Now, More than a few. Most of the time, it's, it's, right. it's kind of under your breath. It's, yeah. But still... It can be heard. I had a uh, GSM deal went south and, you know, I mean, not, not to get into all the reasons why this deal went south, but he grabbed me by the arm and jerked me around. And I mean, you know, this quite a few years ago. I was in a lot better shape. You know, I mean, I'm 6'4". Yeah, I was going to say, you're not a small yeah, guy. Yeah, average about 250. And grabbed me by the arm and jerked me around. If you ever do that again, I'll run you out of here faster than you could possibly know. I'm right? curious, did you say yes, sir? No. Well, <laughs> right. And I was already very frustrated with the situation that I felt like he had created. <laughs> and now he's, right, and yeah. now he's going to chew me, right? Right. So, no, I jerked my arm away, and I said, you know what? You don't have to kick me out of here. I'm leaving, and you'll be lucky if I don't kick your butt on my way out. You better get out of my face now. And I was like, you know, red face, clenched fist. And he kind of took a step back and put his hands up. And I said, get out of my face now. I'm not kidding. I'm leaving, but I don't want to see you. Go. Go hide. Now. Like, I was just red face, spitting, snarling, so now, mad. Now, is that the right way to handle that situation? Right? Absolutely not. I was new in the car business. I was a younger guy. Not you know, you're endorsing Still that. just, yeah, full of, uh, you know, whatever it is that young guys are full yeah, of. Piss and vinegar, I believe. Yeah, so. that's, that's the term. Uh, and so, into the story. So I go in my little cubicle area, and I'm packing my stuff. I mean, I was just, I was done, yeah. right? And somebody comes in and says, hey, GM wants to talk to you, right? Not the, so, not the GSM. The no, not guy. the GSM, okay. the GM, All right. right? The guy who I had immense respect for, still do to this day, super guy. Uh, so, uh, okay, so put my stuff down on my desk, and I walk in there to his office and sit down, and... He just looks across the table at me, across the desk, and says, so so tell me, are, are you mad? 
And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm mad. And he goes, like, you're so mad, you're ready to fight somebody mad? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how mad I am. And he jumps up out of his seat and thrusts his hand across the desk, big smile on his face, and he goes, welcome to the car business. <laughs> I'm looking at him, and he goes, Ray, it's the car business, man. One minute we want to fight, the next minute we're high-fiving. It's just the way it is here. Don't worry about it. Calm down. Go, you know, do what you need to do to settle down, and then get back out there. Don't worry about well, it. Which... It's kind of true. I mean, the, at least in the car business you and I grew up right, in. Right, it's the car business. Yeah. You know, now, should he have done that? And did, you know, the GM yeah. let him know that? And the, the GSM did come to me later. I don't know what prompted it. If it was self-induced. He got or, his cheat Yeah, or if he was demanded to do that, but came to me later and, you know, apologized and, and ended up being a guy who I worked with for a number of years and, and, yeah. and grew to respect. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is. But that was my, you know, kind of welcome to the car business. This is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an emotional kind of thing. Well, and you were a football player. You know, you know, you, you get in each other's face, you hold each other accountable, right. but we're all on the same team. Right, right. So I can certainly see that aspect. And I mean, when I was a younger guy like that, I kind of responded to that. You know, oh, all yeah. right, let's get in each other's face. Let's get mad. Let's get angry. Right. Now somebody go make some money. Right. Now, when it gets to the point, which I've also seen, where you got two salesmen out in the parking lot duking it out, yeah, <laughs> then everybody has to get fired, right? I mean, you, you, you I can't. Don't know. That's one of the perks of being the top salesman. Yeah. <laughs> you can go fight somebody in the parking lot, and you're not being you know, escorted. I remember one instance, uh, kind of a little similar to your story, a guy that I greatly respect and. Uh, matter of fact, this gentleman that I'm speaking of helped me kind of find religion. Okay. Uh, so very influential in my life, and, and I think we have a huge mutual respect. Anytime that I send him a, you know, a text or something every now and then, I say, hey, I saw one of your stickers on the back of a car, you know. Man, I just really appreciate the time we worked together and blah, 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 and you taught me a lot. That's and cool. he'll, he'll usually text me back and say, no, man, iron sharp as iron. You know, you taught me just as much as I taught you. And, wow. But... But I remember... And he was the more senior, you were the more rookie. Yeah, now he was younger than me, but he had been at this dealership for a long, long... I think he started at this dealership when he was 16 years old. Wow. And the owner knew him from church and hired him to come, like, weed eat the backfield or something. And then, you know, fast forward 15 years to when I met him, and the guy was a GSM. Uh, So he was my superior in that way. I was a salesman. Uh, But at any rate... One time, we, uh, I guess we were both working a deal. Maybe he was a salesman too, or, you know, it was a small dealership. Right. But so we're working uh, the same customer. Okay. And I had up the guy on the lot, you know, just, hey, how you doing? He's like, I want to buy this truck. Okay, great. I'm working a deal. Well, he comes up to me later and says, you know, hey, that guy, I've sold that guy like six cars. You know, we'll just split this deal. I'm like, what, what do you mean we'll split the well, yeah, deal? Why, why? I, he, he hasn't mentioned you. What is the fact <laughs> right. you've sold him a car in the right. past have to do with anything? Right. So he's like, well, that's the way it's going to be. You know, sorry, but we're splitting the deal. Right. And so we're out on the showroom floor. And I, <laughs> I was way out of line, but I get a little loud because I want people to hear. Right. I want people to know what's going on. I'm like, oh, okay. So now anybody you've ever sold a car to, now we're going to split all those? Is that the way that it's... I just want to understand the rules. Yeah. Is that the rules? Is rule that how this playing? works? Yeah. 
So my first qualifying question should be, have you ever bought a car from that guy over there? Yeah, or from here at this dealership, yeah. ever. Well, that yeah. almost should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be. <laughs> you should. Yeah, I'm sorry, John. Is this your first time here? Yeah, yeah. but you, you probably should say, you True. working with it? Can I get you somebody? Or you which, know. which is a great case in point. This right. is exactly why that question is important. Right. Because it eliminates that <laughs> controversy down the, down the road. So you got loud. Yeah, and... Uh, or loud-ish. Yeah, and so, yeah, I kind of went off on him, yeah. And uh, he, he is uh, quick-tempered like I am. Okay. So he bit his tongue, and he's like, yeah, that's how it's going to be. And, uh, you know, do you... You gonna be okay with that, or do you need to go? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I guess I'm okay with yeah. it. <laughs> so, I like that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I think that was one of the, maybe one of the very few times, maybe once or twice, we kind of butted heads. But yeah. But uh, anyway. Well, like you said, I mean, you know, on the the ball field, sports field, or or in the car business, you're gonna have those times, and it's. Uh, can you can you shake it off and move on, or you know, are you you know hold a grudge? And I think it's that kind of, I mean, it's you know almost playground antics. It's almost good training to deal with that kind of controversial situation where your emotions are high. Right. It kind of teaches you that when you're you know in negotiations with a customer, hey, let's eliminate the emotions. This right. is a business, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I think- that from my experience on the football field, you you learn, especially if you move all the way through college, how to kind of flip the switch, right? And I think to this day, I you're you know calm, cool, collected in the huddle, listening to the play, thinking about your responsibilities, and then that ball snaps and Boom. you're in a fist fight, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you know snarling and gritting and you know driving your feet and swinging your arms and yeah. and then they blow the whistle and boom it goes off again and you jog and you, back and you help the other guy up yeah i did <laughs> did you yeah i did Didn't, you told me this before people called you like the nicest guy in football or something yeah right? i mean i had uh people who referenced the fact that yeah i mean i it wasn't personal but if you were across from me once the ball Dur- snapped the until the whistle blew yeah yeah i was out to hurt you <laughs> yeah or at least uh yeah no, i can appreciate that um but yeah so so we sounds like you and i agree that these t- these times like this these tussles are um they're a valuable learning experience but we certainly want to do those with a degree of couth and class right that you know and a mutual respect that you know, we don't berate somebody, we don't belittle somebody, and besides all that, let's get away from that for a second. The role of a sales manager is to build his people up, right? Not break them down, right? So, and, and that's what, get, in reflection, in retrospect, and seeing the way that GM handled it, with the you know kind of knowing I, I was fairly new to the car business. Yeah. I mean, I had only been in the car business, I, I would say, less than a year, and you know, to say. You know, hey man, it's the car business. Sometimes we're gonna, you know, it's it's an emotional kind of thing. It's a roller coaster. Sometimes we're, you know, at each other's throats, and other times we're high fiving. But you know, you got to shake it off and get back in the game, kind of thing. So, good stuff. Good right. stuff. Well, uh, so yeah, there's one topic. We we I think we did pretty good on that. We went right. off. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, what what else are we gonna do? 
Um, so I've got one here. A uh, guy, uh, Michael Cirillo. He's I know him. CEO yeah. of Flex Dealer. So uh, he, I think I'm connected with him. He posted, uh, "Holy moly! I know the digital retailing is all the craze right now, but dot dot dot. I've listened to phone calls this week that have left me feeling infuriated. If the customer asks how you're doing, you better ask him how they are doing back. It's called reciprocity, and it's a very powerful thing. In fact." It's something the FBI utilizes to build rapport and a relationship with someone. It's partly how they can get people to divulge more information. It's also how you can make yourself more likable. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Then do it. Stop talking to your customers on the phone like you know some low-grade, hicktown, back-alley <laughs> greaser. Okay. And they will watch... and. And they will watch how quickly they make more valuable decisions about giving you their business. Okay. I think he meant to say, and and, and you, you watch, you watch how fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it got a little convoluted there at the end, but I like the the gist of what he's trying to say. The right. beginning of that. So, so yeah, I mean, it, and to me, phone training, phone skills, uh, vitally important. I think, of course, we do that in our BDCs. I don't know that the majority of dealerships really enforce or train or monitor their salespeople's phone activity, uh, inbound and outbound. Man, I can tell you, in my coaching experience, when I go to a dealership, sometimes I will just log into their call system right. and just listen. You know, you may have to search through 10 of them to find an, a real sales call. Right. Uh, but when I get one, I love listening to those and then playing them for the dealer. Yeah. So <laughs> telling. Yeah. But nobody does it. It's right. an easy thing to do. Yeah. I would say if you're a GM, GSM sales manager, BDC manager, right. go through those call logs once a month. I mean, make yourself do it for 30 minutes a month. Right. Uh, and it, it's very telling. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the CRMs out there now, anytime you make a call through the system, right, from if you click the call through the CRM, mm -hmm. it will attach to that record that phone call, right? So it's easy to find. You yeah. go to a salesperson, great for one-on-ones, great for coaching. You don't even have to go to the call right. software. Right, just try, you know, kind of search through the yeah, 15,000 different calls that are there and try to figure out which one might be a sales. Um, I think it goes back to the other thing that we've talked about in the past, that the phone call, especially an inbound call, it's like a meet and greet. Right? They're deciding, not just I'm calling for information, but they're making a decision if either, even based if it's, on how you're going to treat them. Even if it's subconscious, exactly, that do I want to do business with these people? Right, right. Right. So, you know, are you being that that friendly, helpful, you know, cordial type person? I think yeah, that's what he's a, talking about, cordiality. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, if somebody says, hey, how are you? The polite thing in the United States is to say, I'm doing great. How right, are you? Right. And you go to a party and you can tell within the first 12 seconds whether you want to spend more time talking to this person that you just met. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the same dichotomy when you're talking about uh, a, you know, a phone call or belly to belly. Well, I'd like to throw this out there just because we're talking about recorded calls and listening to them. And me having done that hundreds of times, I can tell you a few pointers. If you're a manager and you want to dive into your call records, uh, look for 
number one, you can usually you can sort them by phone number. Right. So if you have a main dealer number that you advertise or a main number that's on your website, start with that number because mm-hmm. that's where your phone ups are going to come from. Uh, and then look for inbound calls that are around four to six minutes long, at least. Yeah. So, you, well, you may miss some of the crappy ones that you know, were say, two minutes long. Yeah. So, some but, of the very short ones are... Or as telling as a lot. I, I agree, but there's so yeah, many. Yeah, no, that one's gone. Yeah, but but there are there are going to be hundreds of two minute calls, uh, but the right. three, four, six minute calls. That's where you're gonna. Yeah. That, that's probably a phone up, is right. what I'm saying. And enough meat to actually coach from. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Okay, so but yeah, I like the point in general of that there are natural patterns in social interactions. Yeah. And we can use that to our advantage if you study those and understand them and can read these cues. I mean, and it's not something that comes natural to everybody. Right. But there are books out there that you can read and listen to that will help you kind of fl- make this conversation flow where you want it to flow. Yeah. And, and hopefully there's somebody on your management team that has some phone skills who can work with the people who are a little deficient in that quote unquote natural ability but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, this is not an inconvenience to you, right? right. I mean, the, the phone call is something you should be very appreciative of and express that appreciation. Hey, thank you for calling. Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Right? I mean, just cordial. Just think of it as somebody you want to impress. I'm glad you brought that up of being friendly and thankful. That's another Dale Carnegie principle is if you just compliment people, they will normally keep talking. Oh, yeah. Find material things. You know, I notice you're wearing a Columbia shirt. I've got a couple of those shirts. I really like them because they're nice and cool. Right. Little things like that. I like your shoes. I like your hair. I like your glasses. Whatever it is. Find a way to compliment people, and I guarantee you they will want to talk to you more. Do you like my shirt, John? No, I don't like those. I like it on you, Ray, but I don't like wearing those If I were you, I would definitely like that shirt. But, yeah, me... See, and I get them because you know, I'm very fair-skinned, and they have a high... Like an SPF? SPF, in, okay. yeah. They're okay. like a 50 SPF. Huh. So. Well, I've got a few. You know, I have that vent in the back. Yeah, this one does. I just don't like that material. Like, it's synthetic or something, right. and it doesn't seem to breathe. I'm a cotton man, Ray. I like yeah. cotton. <laughs> cotton? i, I got to have breathable fabrics. Listen, cotton. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, You got something else? Yeah, you want to move on from that? Yeah. All right, Ray, I have a very important topic. Oh. It's a big topic uh, that we don't have to spend a lot of time on, but... uh, Very important and big, but we can just brush through it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've talked about action ideas. What can somebody do today to sell more cars today? And one of the things that has been on my mind is like a 90-day growth plan. Whenever we go coach... We normally formulate a 90-day growth plan and then leave that with the dealer. Right. And it could be things like your manager needs to do a TO on every appointment. Right. Uh, Your manager needs to talk to every customer as quickly as possible. Um, Your BDM should be taking phone TOs on on internet leads and phone ups. Um, Monitor this data daily, weekly, whatever. You know, these are the numbers you should be experiencing, whatever. Yeah, yeah and, and KPI progressions. You know, we may say uh, in a BDC, we've got five KPIs. We've got calls, contacts, appointments, shows, and sold. 
Well, I might say, first thing I want to do is attack the call volume. You're only making 30 calls per rep per day. I want to get that up to 40. You know, now this is month one. When I come back in a month, if we are at the 40, then we're going to move on to technique, and I'm going to teach your people how to set right. more appointments on the calls they're making. Right. But that's and, month and, two. And have better data to go off of to see where they're deficient so that I can know how to best instruct them. Yeah. Um, but also how to, right? Here's how you need to make sure. We need to monitor, you know, hourly how many calls they made per hour because we know how many hourly calls equal, equal how many, you know, for the day kind of things. Totally, totally. And these are all just examples right. of what could be in a 90-day growth plan. But I'm sure every sales manager and every, uh, you know, BDC manager, service manager can come up with two or three items to accomplish over a 90-day period, and let's attack one in month one and two in month two, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have to just do them one a month. We can do a few more than that. But there are a couple of things I had notes here uh, that I just dug out of my big oh. ba bucket of sales training yeah. that uh, there is no learning without understanding, that, that you must help your people understand the reason that you're asking them to do this thing before they will learn that process. Uh, and then a couple of other things here on growth is that it's number one, all about accountability and awareness. We have to be aware of these KPIs and these processes, and we have to hold people accountable to accomplish those tasks. Yeah. Uh, two is technique. Again, there's only two ways to sell more cars. We either catch more ups or we close more of the ones we have. Right. And then a daily expectation of activity, production, and performance. So a daily expectation. This yeah. isn't something we're going to say, all right, here's what we're doing this month, and let's all get back together in 30 days and see how we did. Yeah. It's, no. You're going to be sadly uh, disappointed. Well, you know, that whole, if you manage something once a month, you may have a bad month, but you won't have a bad year. Once a week, you may have a bad week, but you won't have a bad month. Once a day, you may have a bad day, but you won't have a bad week. Once an hour or, you know, yeah, you may have more frequently hour. than that, yeah, you're going to catch the issues that are going on and you're going to be able to coach to them, manage to them, and provide direction to overcome where the shortcomings are. So the more frequent engagement you have, the more likely you are to have overall success. Yeah, it's funny how often the word awareness comes up in our coaching and our podcasts. Yeah. It's all about increasing awareness of the key players, of the people who can make a difference. Right. Well, I had a high-level manager. He was uh, somebody who I, I did professional coaching for. And one of the things we would always kind of push back and forth is, are you paying attention? Yeah. Right? So are you paying attention? Well, this is going Are you paying attention? Have you noticed? I mean, are you, are you, are you looking? Right? It was that, kind of that you know, quick wake-up call. You know, hey, dude, I saw your recent numbers. Are you paying attention? Oh, man, yeah, I got busy with such and such. All right, man, you got to pay attention. That's funny. That that guy I mentioned earlier in the episode that, you know, I butted heads with, but right. we became great friends. He used to come up to me all the time and, and uh, just very softly say, hey, John, what are you doing right now to sell a car? Yeah. Right now. What are you doing right now to get you another unit on the board? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, crap, I was surfing Facebook. I guess that's not going to yeah. do it. You know, yeah. let me make a phone call. And sometimes being on Facebook is working to get you another Absolutely. But at that time, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't yeah. <laughs> selling a car. And, and it was somebody who you respected and appreciated his input. He wasn't doing it to call you out. He was doing it just to 
Put well, that just little to remind me. Yeah, yeah that I bell mean, in your head to go because he knew I wanted to be a top performer. Right. He knew I wanted to super achieve. Yeah. And he knew that uh, if I wasn't, then I was letting myself down. Okay. So yeah, it was it was an understanding that I was okay with him calling me out when I was slacking right. off. Right. Because I wanted that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the which you've used a lot. Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Right. You knew he was doing it to help you yeah. to improve you he wasn't doing it because he was being a jerk yeah and it was almost like if he didn't i'd say hey why are you letting me fall flat of who i want to be oh yeah you know hey, yeah. you're my friend i would really appreciate it if you'd hold me accountable every now and then oh yeah it it reminds me of uh when i was at the university of florida we had a player and I, his name was adrian white yeah right and he was outside linebacker, defensive back, but I mean, the dude was just ferocious. And I would see these new freshman players that go up against him. And, you know, they're used to high school ball, right? They're not used to college ball. And they would go up against him and kind of go half speed. Yeah. And I mean, every time he would throw them in the dirt, he would punch them in the face. I mean, in the helmet, really, yeah. and say, you know, you ever go half speed on me again? And I'm going to kick your fill in the blank right i mean in their face grabbing them by the face mask face to face yelling at them don't you dare go half speed on me right you know because he wanted to get better and he knew if somebody's going half speed on me i'm not going to get better well that's kind of that you know iron sharpens iron and hey ray i have two questions for you all right how much red bull have you had today uh three quarters of a can okay did you get a good night's sleep I did. Did you take some... Uh, uh, Why, am I very animated, excited? What, what, are those what are you trying to say here? Five-minute energy? No. Did you get one of no, those this morning? No. No. Is this, these you are, scared the cat, Ray. These are, no. Cat and I have an understanding. <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask you is, was this kid's name Rudy? Are you sure you got his name right? It sounds a lot like a movie I've seen about a kid named Rudy Rudebanger. No, it was Adrian White, and I remember, I mean, you know, he was... He was pretty ferocious, and I remember, and he didn't talk very much. And I remember doing, uh, doing. Sounds like he talked a lot to the freshmen, only if they went half speed on him. And that's why when he talked, everybody kind of paid attention because this guy really didn't talk a whole lot, and uh, you know, kind of the silent type. But I remember we were doing, uh, you know, we'd go by by position, right, and we'd go. 400 yards, right? We go down the field, back, sprints. Yeah. Down the field, back, down the field, back for time, right? And they collected this time on all the different positions. What's your, you know, 400-yard time? I remember, you know, I was kind of not really going my full speed, but I was toward the front of the group of linemen that were running. And I remember 100 yards, came back, 100 yards, touched the line, and I saw Adrian there, and he looked at me, and he was like, what are you doing? Move your ass! And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) I did probably the fastest next 200 yards that I've ever done, just because Adrian was telling me. You ran down a complete football field, touched the line, line, came back. Came back, touched the line, back down, touched the line, came back and crossed the line. Without stopping. Oh, yeah. 400, that seems like a long distance for for a lineman to run. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why, you know, I mean, I, I was kind of dogging see a wide it. receiver, a DB doing that. No, but by it? position, right? So all the linemen went, you know. And they should have made you do one of those 100 yards uh, sideways. 
Is that the crab walk? Is that what that is? Crab? That's, that's moving sideways. That's oh, what's the crab walk? That's where you're on all fours. Oh, well, you could do one of those for a hundred yards too. Uh, you, or you could. <laughs> well, aren't Why do I have to? Maybe backwards. Because I mean, you as an O-lineman, you were always running backwards, weren't you? I tell you, the other thing was we they had this <laughs> Get sled, out of the way. They had this sled that they would stack weights on. It was just a sled that had a steel pole in the middle of it, and they would stack these 45-pound weights on the sled, right? And they would time you, and they had a belt, so you'd do the belt around your waist, and it was like a bungee cord that was connected to that sled. And you'd take off running and have to drag that sled behind you as you ran for the 100 yards. And you couldn't stop, actually over 100 yards, because you couldn't stop until that sled crossed the, the line. So, and if you stopped in the middle was, because you were tired, it was, a, it was, it was damn near impossible again. to get that thing moving again, right? <laughs> so you had to keep going. But yeah, and you would run, and I mean, you would be at such an angle pulling that weight. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, you could, you could touch the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you were pretty close to the grass. Yeah. So, uh. well, back in my day, we did that with a tire, me and Herschel Walker. Oh, we run you? up the hill with a tire tied around our waist. Yeah. No, I literally. Well, he I, put a tire on. You just had a natural tire. Right? <laughs> I was a, I was a uh, strong kid, Ray. But I remember, man, I was in, in junior. I played football from like the time I was five until, I don't know, I was 16 or something. All right. But when I heard about Herschel Walker running up and down that hill with that tire, we I got one of dad's old tires. And tied it, you know, on a rope around my waist, and we lived on a steep hill. And I would run up and down that hill every night. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. So we ready to move on? Yeah, well, I'm out. I'm out of topic. So what did you have, Ray? So uh, another LinkedIn article. This one by Brian Pash, who you know well. You're a big fan of his. I am. Uh, it says it's time to reimagine your automotive retail staffing models. The answer is not to outsource during business hours, but to make a commitment to assist versus chase. And then he put, what's your opinion on the matter? I heard two different topics there. I heard outsourcing. He said, it's time to reimagine your automotive retail staffing model. The answer is not to outsource during business hours, but to make a commitment to assist versus chase and i think it's in reference to those companies that outsource their uh, that's what i thought yeah yeah the chat services or even which i think he's saying you could do that you know from 9 p.m to 8 a.m right but don't do that during business hours don't do that business hours reimagine your staffing right so that you have people dedicated staff who are answering chats Taking every phone call, don't be outsourcing during business hours. And his, I think, what he's saying is, you know, let's reimagine our staffing. Yeah. Right. I mean, these are critical activities, and and a lot of dealerships are pushing them off on secondary companies. And then, what was the second part about assist? Don't chase. So he's saying assist the customer during business hours. Oh, don't chase that. Chasing lead. that yeah. lead after business I, I, or or. Yeah. After the third party handles it, then and you then start chasing. Shifts it, it yeah. to you, and now you got to chase them rather uh, than being a, being that assistant live or at yeah, the time that they're in. I like. Obviously, we agree. 
Yeah, and then I think you know that's a big question that's even more relevant now is how do we handle internet leads and phone ups? Right. You know, do the salespeople do it? Do you have a dedicated a BDC? Do you have a dedicated internet team to do it? Right. If you don't have a BDC, who's going to respond to those chats in real time? Yeah. Because somebody has to. Right, well, I so mean, not necessarily. You could third party them out, but but, but then somebody still is, or well, something yeah, is. Right. It could be you're AI, right. or it could be you know a live person who's you know not associated with the dealership. But yeah. you know, at some point, you've got to respond if you give that option I'll of chat. You, this was back in the day, you know, when I was a salesman, and internet leads were brand new. Email was brand new to use for selling cars, and. Uh, all the salesmen would do it, you know, and they would just page or, you know, you would be on a rotation for internet leads. But I remember being on a test drive and, you know, talking about the features of a vehicle and turn left here and yada, yada. What do you think about the ride? And then bing, you get a phone uh, message that you got an internet lead. Yeah. Well, so I remember kind of this, uh, down by my side at my leg, kind of typing out a response or pulling up my form email Thank you for your lead. I'll get back with you soon. Yeah. And, you know, and then, of course, comes in the question, well, the guy asks on the Internet, what color is this? Because it has a picture of a black one, and it says it's red. Right. Which, you know, that happens all the time. Oh, you good. get a standard yeah, stock fa- photo. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, they get a response, thank you, I'll be with you soon. Well, hell, my deal might go on for two, three hours right. before I can finally get back and check what color that is right. or check the miles. And you're whatever. not going to give it to somebody else to respond to. <laughs> well, no, that's my lead. <laughs> yeah. That's my lead. you got to wait for the round robin to come back around before you're going to get another one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I can totally understand that it's not the best course of action to have salespeople answering your internet leads. And, you know, a case could be made for phone ups that they, you know, if you're going to page for a salesperson, obviously there's hopefully going to be one salesperson at least available to take that lead. But, you know, are they trained or are they using a script? Are we measuring all of those KPIs? Yeah, probably not. And part of his point, you know, when he says re he starts with reimagine your automotive retail staffing model is that it's going to require staffing. So, how do you really want to be staffing your dealership when you've got all these opportunities, these real customers who are engaging in their preferred method, and are you staffed accordingly? And there's some dealerships that just, I mean, by sheer size, right? I mean, they they can't uh, facilitate that. So, you know, I mean, outsourcing might be the best solution for them. I had so many good comments there that uh, people have left for Brian. Uh, yeah, let me see. Oh, there's seven comments here. Uh... First person says, I agree with you. If 15 salespeople are working, 200 walk-in customers on a monthly basis, then the BDC needs 30 reps to work 400 monthly internet and phone leads, or am I missing the point? And Brian responds, uh, let's dig in a little. Of the 15 people working the floor, do they have time to handle questions about price when people are on your website? Meaning, are they fully utilizing their day properly? Which so, we just talked about. Yeah. And then somebody else spot on Brian. And then the last one was, uh, this is so accurate. Live chat is the weakest area in the automotive and power sports digital process. It is essentially a live person asking you to submit your contact information like you could have easily done if that was what you wanted to do. Well, I just don't like chat in general. I, I don't think, I have never used it personally when I was shopping I don't think that it's a 
there's a reason to have that option out there. I right. think you can have a submit a question or you can have a pick up the phone and call us. Right. Or I don't well, know. I and, just don't think it's handled very effectively. Yeah, and that's that's the issue. You know, do people use it? I think more often than not, and it's the most intrusive thing on most websites. Yeah. I mean, constantly popping up right in your face. You know, would you like to chat? Would you like to chat? Would you like to chat? Now, if it was more like an actual text conversation, right? Which I think is the intent. Yeah. That's how it's sold to dealers. Is hey, don't you know everybody loves to text? Well, now your people, your customers can text your salespeople. Right. Okay, that's an idea I can get behind yeah. if it worked like that. Yeah. But it doesn't. Right. Nobody handles it properly. They, you know, like you said, sure, chat with us now. What's your question? Well, they say, what color is this truck? Well, then they get a response back. Well, what's your name? Right. Can't you? No. <laughs> I asked you first. Right. What color is? And how many re leads have you read from the chat, the secondary chat company? Yeah. Where the person is, their responses are, you know, why can't you help me? Hey, I'd love to get somebody to help you. Right. Oh, so you can't help me. Yeah. No, I can get somebody at the dealership to help you. You know. Oh, the one. Who am I to talking what's to? The best way, and then they, you know, chat ended. Yeah. Right. No, and uh, yeah, or or it goes like, yeah, what color is this truck? Because it's a good black photo, but it says it's red. And then you get the response, like you said, of a third party saying, we will have someone check on that. Right. You know, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, and they've gotten good at speaking to the question, but they can't give the answer. Yeah, they don't right? have the yeah. answer. So, yeah, it just needs to be implemented better, which yeah. maybe we should do a show on that. And, and, it, and it comes down to, is it really necessary, right? How effective is it? Are we measuring how effective right. our chat Take is? It off. Is it on there just like our schedule a test drive yeah. button? Right. I mean, how many people are scheduling a test drive? Yeah, and if, but if it's you're been not gonna, on there since you know we've started having websites for dealerships. And if you're not going to handle it effectively, let's just turn it off. Right. Make people either send an inquiry or pick up the phone and call you. Yeah. Because all you're going to do, you think, well, I don't want to lose that lead. Well, shit, you're going to lose that lead anyway because you're going to handle it awfully. Right. So not only are they going to be... You know, if you take it off, then people get say, well, gosh, I wish I could just text them. But if you have it on there and screw it up, they're going to think, well, I gave them a shot. I'm not going there. Yeah. So you're, it's actually hurting you to offer this feature that you're not going to handle well. And I think that's where we need to come to is that position where we say, what is the real benefit of this? Yeah. And, and that 90-day growth plan, right? Absolutely. It's all, all right, about man. the 90-day growth plan. Ray, I think we can't leave this Friday without saying that on Monday, we, yeah. are, we are going to be recording our 50th episode. Wow. And act, let's, let me rephrase. It's going to be our 80th episode, but we're going to, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be 80. the 50th one that we've released. Right. And we do have a backlog that we are either redoing or we're re-editing to release later. So. Right. Well, that's going to be a party. Our 50th, Our 50th episode. Yes. What and we're going to do, you want to tell them? No, you tell them. We're going to pull some excerpts from the first 49 episodes. Yeah. Uh, play a little clip here. We're going to talk about it. Maybe there were some things we wish we had said when we recorded that episode. Right. Or some well, clarifications or corrections we need to make. Yeah. How many times have we listened to our episodes and gone, oh, man, I meant to say this. Right. Or, yeah. So. So we're going to do some of that. Yeah. And then... Immediately after we release that 50th episode, we are going to complete uh, our seven-part Road to the Sale series. Yeah. 
So that will be happening probably and over the next two weeks. It's actually a seven part plus eight plus one. Yeah, it's an eight part. Okay, but we we kind of call it in that uh, seven part, and then kind of a bonus. Right. Okay. A super there. secret. Yeah. Yeah. If only uh, you're only only if you're a subscriber. We, that <laughs> right. Uh, but no, that's that one has. We've already recorded that seven part series. Yep. We recorded it in January. Right. Uh, so we were discussing: do we just edit it and release it as is, or we we may have some overdubbing, some commentary in that, as if you know we were watching a PBS special during a telethon and we cut in every now and then and go, well, we wanted to say this about this topic. Or like, uh, what's the the television show where they watch old space movies? Yeah, the Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. No, I think it'll be exactly like that. Right. right. Well, once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.